0: Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.comslash have a drink show.
1: Ah, the Etruscans, the people who roam over through to become a republic. We're going to get to the nitty gritty about this civilization. Chris, I don't know how you convinced Casey and Brittany to do this, but I am down. What's that? Oh, crap. It's Tuscan wine, not the Etruscans. Well, I guess we'll talk about wine then. So grab a glass and join us as we have a drink.
0: What about what you drink? I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
1: I'm Justin Frazier.
2: I'm Christopher Walker. I'm Case Price.
3: Hey, Hey, everybody. Hey, y'all. How's everyone doing? (laughs) I discovered something. Oh, and it's been working on me for a while. But the intro music, Mm -hmm. I can tell exactly how much I've had to drink pre-show by how fast the intro music seems. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good gauge. Really? Yeah.
2: So <laughs> if it feels like it's going really fast, you know you've had a bit to drink. It's like yeah. suddenly
0: it's over and you're like, "Oh, what just happened?"
2: Yeah. Like well, even like the tempo seems faster while I'm drunk. If you're sober, then it's just like, "Man, does this ever end? How long how long is this <laughs> music?"
0: Why? Uh, Why it's not even like Metallica-esque intro.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's not even like the length of the intro itself, but it's the it's just the like the feeling of of the tempo, I'm like, oh, it's it's almost like a a ballad type of intro if you're sober. Versus like, oh, this is like 900 beats a minute.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that if you ever wondered why the, like the music chosen, like God, why did they pick this? It's like, well, one, we had a custom composed. It was, composed. <laughs> it was still, custom composed for still us. Still good. And uh, my
0: brother-in-law who just graduated with his like second or third degree uh this time from uk
2: it's like his third master's degree or something like i don't know either way he wholly wrote and recorded it and with the only direction of uh we said we want something that sounds like have a drink on me and then he delivered us this (laughs) we're like no that's great but it's just it, it just became this thing like if you're sober it's just this like drowning in it kind of music but if you're drinking a little bit you're like, yeah, we're we're cooking. Listen to that cowbell.
3: It'll be it'll be a new um it'll be a in court. Sir, can you tell me at the time how fast did you think this music was? <laughs> how many beats per minute did you think this was? It's your field sobriety test. <laughs> oh. Uh oh. how's everybody's week then? Miserable. <laughs>
2: uh we've been just alternating days of who's gonna be like deathly ill. Yeah. But well,
1: I, I, I th- think I think I was here for day one when it was <laughs> the boy.
0: I was just say you inadvertently got to experience because like somehow you didn't get woken up when he.
1: We was... don't pass germs between each other when we're <laughs> when we're in the same spot. That's what that's what New Year's taught me. <laughs> I could have the most infectious disease known to man, and I will not, and no one will pass it along to each other. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but like, it's, so what is? He he was, uh, it was some kind of
2: Bob came up for the uh, Godzilla versus Kong.
0: Yeah, we rented out right. the theater at AMC.
2: There were like uh, six of us. Were there even six yeah. of us? Yeah, yeah, oh. six of us. Uh,
1: six sounds right.
0: Yeah, yeah, because Emily, showed, yeah, because. Uh, so we did that, and like it was sometime later that night. Blah blah blah. It was like what two in the morning or something or three yeah, it was in the morning three in the morning because I morning, looked at the clock when it wakes up crying screaming.
2: screaming not just crying
0: and usually we try try to like kind of we think it's like him having a nightmare or something we don't we don't do anything about it but because Bob was here he's had nightmares and
2: night terrors and we're just like <clears throat> yeah. give him a minute to see if he calms down and just lays back down Yeah, and he didn't he just got worse and
0: and here, didn't here and Bob the thing up, was so we yeah went, no we you're fine I
1: yeah, I, I heard the screaming and I heard you all respond. And so I'm on the couch going, All right, well, I'm going to go back to sleep then.
0: <laughs> and somehow he did. And Emmett, can, <laughs> so uh, I went in there and I was like, I reached for Emmett and was like, Oh, oh no. And so I ran back <laughs> to the bedroom and told Chris, I was like, He puked. and And, oh. and Chris went into, like, we go into, like, you know, crazy mode because we've we've done this before, and uh, it was it was all over. There, his sheets were stained it, purple. He um, had and his raccoon
1: kind of, wounds.
2: He stopped giving him Chianti. <laughs> he had apparently, <laughs> so my sister had babysat for him, and they went out to get ice cream at some kind of local place that does ice ball ice cream combos. Somehow it's like a, a scoop of it's ice like a, cream encased inside, in an ice ball. Like,
1: like instead of a snow cone or something? Yeah, yeah.
2: And they got that and ate it. And it was My blue. sister was like, he had like two bites of it. And I was like, well, that probably didn't do it. And I couldn't figure it out for the life of me. Because there was nothing solid in any of it. Yeah. But it was all just like liquid everywhere. And I'm like, well, that's easier for cleanup, I guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but he proceeded to, th- which thankfully, again, did not wake Bob up somehow. Because like, we
2: said F it. I was just like, well, that's tomorrow's yeah, problem. I, I, We're going to bed. I,
0: I disclosed the, the the boy and... uh. So he, I took him to our bed when he he's just in a diaper, and he puked two more times over the course oh. of the night. But yeah. not he
2: started to like gag. Never even heard it. Gag yeah. and choke, <laughs> and then I'm laying there not asleep because I know the inevitability of what was coming. And then I just like in one motion grab him and roll him and hold him off my side of the bed, let him puke on the floor, mm-hmm. like pat his back, and when he's done, I roll him back over to where he's facing Brittany again. And then we Ugh. wait, we wait twenty or thirty minutes, and then he does it again and roll back over. So there's like at this point, what I'm expecting to be like, I can't see it; it's pitch black, and I'm he's just puking off the bed. I'm like, there's just this nice pile of vomit down on my <laughs> floor.
0: It wasn't as bad as all that though. Thank but it me. was, but it was like
2: sometime after five a.m. when finally we all just, I guess, passed out and he quit puking.
0: But then, like at eight a.m., eight
2: a.m., we wake at in first, my
0: face. I hear. Wake up,
2: mom. Wake up. He's, in he's going. Wake up, mom. Wake up. He's completely fine now. Just yeah,
0: he's totally up. cool. Wake just up, like,
2: oh. and then I would.
1: I, yeah, we watched. Me and him watched cartoons that morning. It was cool. Like he just sat
2: down. He's like, "Hey, what up, buddy? Welcome." Yeah, we just took him. in the, diaper, him, still, it is, like, in the diaper still. Took him in there and set him next to Bob on the couch. Who was up? <laughs> and, oh. and we just like plopped him on the couch next to Bob. He like snuggles into Bob and like gr- takes his milk and starts drinking. We're like. Uh, and then I'm like, scrubbing puke to, like, out of the carpet. Yeah, you
1: guys are you guys are having an awful day. Me and me and Emmett are just watching cartoons, going like, "Hey, buddy, how's it going?" Well, no, that you, was... you do this in the morning too. So do I. <laughs> it look, I, I'm not gonna lie. The uncle life is pretty great. It's it's how I it's how I've just coasted through with all of my nieces too. Like you know, mom's yeah, you know, my my sister's like, "Oh God, I'm so tired." Come on, Eddie, let's sit down and eat cereal, and watch
2: cartoons, and she's like, "Hey." <laughs> well, I, I might be a bad husband and father. But I looked at Brittany and said, "Well, Happy Mother's Day." Oh, yeah, uh, you, I got her a card, and I was like, "Your Mother's Day present is I'll scrub the vomit out of the carpet." Oh, <laughs> I mean, that's a good present. I it's was, well worth it. I was pretty because I, I got the wool light out, and I was down on my hands and knees. And as I scrubbed it, the fresh the fresh odor uh. brought it brought it all up. <laughs>
3: yeah, no. well, that's something you can't buy in a store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, that's
0: and since then he's been sick uh with a cold or something i guess and then i got this stomach bug thing thursday night into friday like woke up at midnight and was just in and out of the bathroom
2: and so, now we're moose juicing it yeah so we're just chilling it <laughs> so, i clearly just want to die
1: <laughs> i mean look sometimes you just have to accept that Livings for the week. No, <laughs> oh, that's that's the wrong thing to say and a thing that's being broadcast out.
2: How how are you guys? Yeah. how are, how was your week? Uh,
1: yeah, um, pretty fine.
0: Uh, I know you. it been a a it's particular been a, thing. Uh, do you so that want to do do that been that a well very, now or later?
1: We'll, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk later. about that post show okay, okay. that uh, Brittany can finally get off my back about something.
0: And it's not <laughs> the thing that it, it's been years. About. Oh.
1: No, 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 that's too funny for me. Um, oh. <laughs> look, that eye roll, Brittany, one that day. sustains That sustains me more than a four-course meal. <laughs> uh, no, the, uh, 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 yeah, I, I've, I've watched a few things, kind of getting trying to get caught back up on some stuff. Uh, but then, you know, the new, it, well, not the new, but they re-released one of my favorite games of all time. Uh Mass Effect one, two, and three. Oh. In one big package. I may have down in the office. Uh I would have been wearing it for the show, but I forgot to get it. I may have bought a stupid helmet <laughs> from the game. I may have spent like a hundred plus bucks on <laughs> on they on their collector's edition that comes with a box to put a game that does not come with that edition. <laughs> and a helmet. I'm not saying it was a good financial decision, but I am saying I don't have kids so I can waste money. <laughs>
2: I mean, there you go. That's I miss being go. able to buy things like that. It was I'm... I miss being able to play games. Yeah.
1: So, I I've been playing today uh, a game I have beaten no joke somewhere upwards of like 10 times.
2: Meanwhile, I had to quiz our friend Ian about how long it took him to finish uh, the new Resident Evil in a single playthrough. He's like, about nine hours. And I'm like, okay, I could take a day off work, and I could actually blow through that whole game, maybe. It's like, that That could be the first game I play from start to finish since, I what, like, Fallout 4.
0: If we've learned nothing. Oh, you finished Fallout 4.
2: I still haven't. you'll take the day
0: off work and then you'll get a call from the daycare
2: oh yeah that's that's how it's gone this year (laughs) no I finished Fallout 4 because at the time didn't have kids and I took like a week off of work and all I did that week was play Fallout 4 and run because that was my life then (laughs) like I seriously got up like and I'm looking back, going, God, I was crazy. I got up at like 4 a.m. was like, yeah, we're gonna go run like 10 miles, and then I get back, and I play Fallout like all half the day, and then I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go run another 10 miles, and I keep playing Fallout. And I, it, I just kept that pattern <laughs> no. going. Lost like a million pounds, and now I gained it all back.
0: How are you, Casey? <laughs> uh,
3: I I am a feared. I'm mighty a feared. Powerful feared. I'm powerful feared. Um, so as uh, much as Emmett and you all, you know, we've we've been stricken with the sick. Oh, no. um,
2: the Petri dish but it's... of daycare.
3: <laughs> exactly. Um, it was only a matter of time. So uh, I think we all have the a coronavirus, but not the coronavirus. <laughs> oh, so okay. um, the I don't know, the old one or whatever we went. Or Zella had a. Uh, Zella had a high temp, so we took her to the urgent care and then ended up, they sent us on to the ER. And so, um, there, um, the doctor comes back in and he's like, Well, here's some medicine. It's going to be about five days and, uh, alternate Tylenol and Motrin. Then, and then, uh, good luck because you're all going to get it. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently they could tell, like, from, from the test that came back, it was like, Oh, yeah, it's highly contagious. So, everybody's going to get it. so um frank but, got it a day later oh. um ashley got it like two days ago and then I, this morning i woke up with a sore throat so i'm like all right i'm next in line oh, getting <laughs> that that, that, that mild itch in the back oh. yep uh, so i was yeah. like all right this is happening
0: <laughs> so now, tonight you're just like wine o'clock let's just do this and get it over with." yep
1: <laughs> enjoy it while you can See, well, mine was if, coming. If at on... a certain point if at a certain point in the in the episode you find yourself just unable to continue drinking
2: you know. <laughs> that's it. Yep. That's Look, the moment. <laughs> mine was getting bad and I was just like I or it was really starting and the congestion was getting bad. Mm-hmm. So I decided I'm not gonna mess around with this. I'm gonna take some like like full on I want this you know, the medicine they make meth with. Give me the good <laughs> yeah. stuff. And I've got like I've got, we had a pack of the stuff where it's like, you take one tablet of this a day, period. And I was like, I'm going to, I needed sleep because I slept like crap the night before because the congestion and coughing kept me up. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to pop one of these bad boys and I'm going to bed and we're going to get some sleep. (laughs) Everything wrecked me. And that thing dehydrated me all to hell and back, and I was just like all night like a dried coughing husk that was gonna like puke or poop everywhere. You're i are just was lying just... back, occasionally reaching up
1: into the into the into the air, just going. <laughs> this is yeah. How it
2: ends. yeah, that was it. Uh, I like somehow shuffled out of bed to get a cup of water that I occasionally like rolled over to like try and sip from. <laughs> To keep me alive through the night, I was just like, "God, Andrew, this is remember, a bad idea."
1: Remember, remember when we were younger and you'd get a little sick, and it's just like, "Here, here's like a amoxicillin, and your body's just gonna fight it all off."
2: Yeah.
1: And now you're God. Like, oh, I miss God. being twenty.
2: Welcome to your thirties, to where it's like, no, a, a simple virus is going to put you down. <laughs> I, I, you know,
1: I could, I could work a whole week with the flu, just mm-hmm. not even notice. I've uh, done
0: yeah. that
2: before. Yeah, i had done it. Also, now I'm like, if I got the flu, it'd be like, "No, nah, I need to take the month off of work. It's just
0: <laughs> I am not okay.
2: I would be writing my obituary?
1: Well, as the only healthy one here, I think uh, I think I would be remiss if we didn't mention that we do a news show. We do
2: <laughs> well, no, before we jump onto on this, the, the oh, okay. I think there's something that needs to be said for Broken Throne that was uh oh yeah, to yeah. us about what's coming this week.
3: Yeah, um, so we started our restaurant. We get available portion. to my parents. Uh, yeah, indeed. Uh, so now we're doing um, uh, food. We were able to move all the equipment. All you know, we did another brew day today, so that's been good. Um, then we turned the old brew house section back into a kitchen, which it was what we moved stuff out of to make into a brew house. Um, so now we've got a, <clears throat> a pretty nice burger menu um really good burgers uh i would i would consider it the best, best burger in pikeville and not just because i you know work there i mean uh, look i'll I,
1: go down there we're gonna run some tests uh yeah, the only other competition i can think of is hardy's so i think it's
3: <laughs> uh, well even yeah. beyond like that like so we don't incinerate the burgers either. You still get a little pink in the middle by the, by the time you get it. Like we cook to 135. We use a little bit better quality meat. And so that way we can do that and and be safe with it. And so um, I've had a couple. We do a barbecue burger with the blonde ale as part of the barbecue sauce. So mm-hmm. that's a kind of a cool little go-to. Just take the onion ring um, off and I'm there. <laughs> and then um, I had another one we call the smoke show. And it's a a jalapeno and chipotle glaze, and uh, I think that one is smoked Gouda cheese.
1: Just picturing a burger with a unitard with only, like, one strap (laughs) on one shoulder, like the Big Show.
3: The Big Show. That's what I need to come out with my overalls in the Big Show style.
2: Yes! That's how it's served (laughs) if someone orders that. Casey brings it to your table in the Big Show.
0: I was going to say, but isn't he at that point just Frisch's big boy?
3: Like, yeah. So when
2: you said the smoke show, I, I was immediately like, "So it's just like a bottle of Lagavulin dumped over a burger,
3: <laughs> right?" Um, we could do a Lagavulin glaze.
1: That, that man, that would be a ridiculously expensive burger. <laughs>
0: what kind of cheese is on the barbecue burger? I need to know this.
3: Um, I if think any- that one. Yeah, I think that one is a straight all- cheddar. If I'm not Brent mistaken, okay. all burgers have cheese. Oh no! Yeah, straight cheddar on the barbecue. You know, um, you know No
1: burgers should not have cheese.
0: I don't prefer... So, from Five Guys, I don't get cheese on... I feel like their cheese tastes weird, so I don't get cheese on burgers there. Huh.
1: Yeah. All right, well, it's been a fun show that we've been doing for a few years, but, you know, I guess... Tune in for Have
2: a Divorce. Whatever.
1: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, we do a new show, although for how much longer, I can't say, because... Because this this betrayal has happened,
0: <laughs> says the person who hasn't watched the stuff I've been asking him to watch for years.
1: All right, fair. Hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, no. Uh, normally, yeah. Once the days <laughs> long past, we did uh, news during a segment around now. But uh, now we we have a whole separate show for it, so it's on its own feed. You can go find it there. You can find out you know things this week like. Uh, you know, someone selling fake bourbon for a thousand dollars a pop.
2: And uh it's a deal. The, the Chernobyl vodka was seized by Polish customs. Who who could Ukrainian have seen, Ukrainian? Who could have seen that coming? Mm, yeah.
1: <laughs> hmm. And uh, you know, perhaps you could find uh you know, there's a new new appellation for the champagne of beer.
3: We're working on it.
2: <laughs> Paperworks in the mail. <laughs> uh Yes, that's yeah. all. Uh, have a drink. News. Uh, go check that out. It was great. I, oh, uh, there was the um, Kirkland brand bourbons Ooh. coming, mm. and that is a a big one. We're gonna, we're gonna have to fill Casey in on that because oh, I I feel like some. if we can get a hold of that, uh, that might have to be a patron episode, depending on nope. where it's going to be released. As if we need more. Wasn't it Barton's like Costco?
1: It is, but yeah. because of that, I guarantee you it's not going to be in Kentucky when we get it yeah three, three they're not going to release it here.
2: ones they're they're doing a, a, a spoiler alert if you're going to go listen to the news episode. They're doing a bottled in bond what was, yeah. there's a, a bottled in bond, a Kentucky straight, and a single barrel
1: mm. a small batch, yeah, oh, yeah have a yeah. small
2: batch, so yeah um, <laughs> all right This <laughs> time. <laughs>
3: Sorry. It's a wine episode. Like, right. Give it like, time.
1: <laughs> no, no. I, this is time, and then it started. We're we're good. So at least so, on my end. <laughs> when
2: when you all let me write something, there's there's gonna be too much history, and that's what happened with this episode. Too, I apologize up front. You gave much, me a region that is too much history, and this is what happened. Too much or not enough. I argue not enough because you'll see in just a few minutes we just like oh let's start let let's kick some sand around and oh crap we just uncovered one of the biggest like controversies in in history no oh, oh good well, I that feel, directly I tie in and you can't you can't untie the controversy and not like uh mess with the start of the topic.
1: I mean, in all honesty, of of places people have been aware they've been making wine, I feel like Tuscany
2: had a had a good long run. Also, uh, this past week, American Craft Beer Week, so no better way to celebrate than talking about Italian wine. Mm. Planning, planning.
3: <laughs> uh, I think it well, works out well. <laughs>
1: we've we've I done mean, our we've done our beer drinking. It's time to talk about something else. You you got to yeah. keep them on your toes. Well, The Tuscan wines are some of the most popular produced in Italy uh, and some of the very best, Uh, an epitome of a perfect wine countryside. Tuscany reverberates the endless rows of vines. In fact, the passion, zeal and delightful flavors of Tuscan wine are heartily associated with this beautiful land uh, that lays testimony to a rich history of winemaking. Wine has been part of Tuscany for more than 3,000 years, uh, making it one of the region's longest-standing drinks and traditions uh, and heavily impacting Tuscan culture. The history of the wine of Tuscany dates back to the Etruscans. That Ah. name sounds familiar. (laughs) It's like they're from the same area. Hmm. Uh, Anyway, the Etruscan times around the 7th century B.C., Uh, And the origin of the Etruscans are a subject of debate since antiquity uh, thusly dragged the origins of winemaking into the region uh, uh, with it. But it's a topic for another podcast (laughs) that someone needs to suggest to Hardcore History. Uh, If you follow Herodotus, and I mean, let's be honest, probably shouldn't (laughs) – The Etruscans descended from uh, people who invaded Etruria from Anatolia before the 800, uh, 800 BC. Uh, the established, they established and established themselves over the native Iron Age inhabitants in the region, bringing vines from Asia with them. Uh, whereas Dynas, uh, Dionysus of Halicarnassus believed that the uh, Etruscans uh, were of local Italian origin uh, and learned the process of winemaking from Greeks who had colonized southern uh, southern Italy. Both theories, as well as a nineteenth, uh, as a third nineteenth-century uh, theory, have turned out to be problematic. And today's scholarly discussion has shifted its focus to discuss the uh, discussion of uh, provi- uh, province that the formation of the Etruscan people. Uh, in any event, in the middle of the seventh century BCE, the chief Etruscan towns have been founded. The Etruscan wine became very famous as archaeologists have found uh, amphorae of wine with Etruscan seals all over the western coast of the Mediterranean Sea. so The culture of wine uh, started to spread towards the rest of Europe. Uh, <laughs> to gloss over a metric buttload. How, <laughs> how, how how PG do I need to make this? It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of uh, history, Greeks could control the region to discover that it was all covered in grapes, uh, grapevines, vines, and referred to the area as in Taurus. <laughs> Sorry, I'm picturing, like, Greeks rolling up in a trireme, landing. there, going, it's covered in grapes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's all sticky. It's covered in jam. Pretty much. Uh, it's covered in pre-jam. Oh, God. Yeah, never mind. That sounds yeah, closer yeah, than I realized. <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: Covered in smokers.
1: Uh, anyway, uh, in Tronus, or Land of Wine, uh, the Greeks succumbed to the Romans in the first century, leading to the region and the country to adopt uh, many of the manner and customs of the Greeks and Romans. Soon after absorbing Etruria, the Romans established the cities of Lucca, Pisa, uh, Siena, and Florence. Those sound like uh, some of those sound like names you might recognize today, hmm. cementing their power and the region with new technolo- uh, technologies and developments. Uh, these included the extension of roads intro- introduction of aqueducts, sewers and the construction of many buildings.
2: Seems like well, one so- of those may have helped uh, spread the culture and uh, products of a region across <laughs> across the globe.
1: Yeah, you know when, when the entire Mediterranean falls under control of one city, <laughs> who took someone and went, "Man, we look, you guys were jerks, but we really like your wine." Anyway, uh, you know, it wasn't until the decline of the Roman Empire during the Middle Ages that the merchants of the Sinanese territory uh, <clears throat> began planting vineyards systematically throughout island region, uh, inland regions. Uh, the exact opposite of what I just said. Uh, the rise of Christianity also encouraged and maintained the importance of wine, uh, using it as a uh, sacred means of worship, because blood of Christ has got to be at least
2: 20%. Guy <laughs> had to have been hammered.
1: <laughs> Subsequently, church fathers and monks, priests, uh, began uh, cultivating vineyards systematically around churches, convents, monasteries uh, throughout the inland regions. Yeah, you, you know, you, you don't hear a lot about convent uh brewing and winemaking. No. That we've come across anyway. Not a lot of nuns I hear of who kept a rich tradition of of alcohol production.
2: Well, That's well they didn't have the production, but uh we have a friend who interned with a convent like in their office. He wasn't at like the monastery or anything, but he's remembered every Monday morning that uh I don't know, whatever you call the head mother in charge would always come down with like a like bags and bags full of empty beer cans for recycling.
1: Uh I'm just trying to think uh when you said uh, like whatever they're called it's a quick someone thinking of a sister act who's who's in charge. Uh, i think that's probably right
0: yeah, yeah
2: uh, and he admitted to it he's like no they've got like they've got hot tubs and jacuzzis up there and it's all, all they do is drink in the hot tubs all weekend and it's like all right if they're allowed to that's you know you, you gotta have some kind of some kind of yeah. outlet
1: well, in fact, the Benedictine monks became so proficient at grape cultivation that they began compiling manuals on it, and uh, they are still referenced to this day.
2: And I guess is that the theme of this whole year for us is about you know how the monks <laughs> Get some kind have of... just like they just cornered the market of that time of being like, look, we have like there were, there weren't many other lifestyles that gave you the position to make you the authority in these areas. Like they just made you so detail oriented. Well, I mean, a lot
1: of the monks were, were responsible for writing down previous stuff and continuing things. They went on. So that's, you know, Catholic church for, for all of its later, uh, denial of, of, of history and not history, but of, a uh, uh, science and whatnot, during this period, best they got.
2: All right. Well, uh, predictably, the wine production in Tuscany kept growing. And in 1710, the first bottle of local wine was shipped across the Tuscan borders. It's kind of crazy that it took, you know, when well, once bottling started, it took that long. Uh, it was an instant hit, and Tuscany was soon supplying over 14 million liters of wine to a much larger market.
1: I'm trying to think of what they would have been sending out wine in during the Middle Ages, because by that point, I'm pretty sure they weren't still using M4A. Eh?
2: I wouldn't imagine so, but I mean, I'd, I mean, probably on some some scale, but, you
1: know, still like they would be like bringing up
2: that time that to frame, be like cases. Right. Well, that time frame, I'm thinking like you would it would have been Vikings casks. I mean, and the Vikings were drinking it out of whatever they would find. So yeah, you, but
1: I mean like like how they would like kind of make it for stuff. Like I have to assume that it could be in some kind of like barrel-ish thing.
2: Probably. Just a large clay and it was like, "Well, it's in <laughs> I Yeah, don't, I don't you got me. Sorry, that didn't mean to derail it. It's just immediate, like just what I started thinking of. It's not my area of focus, but now I'm curious. Right. Uh, with the rise of wine trade, emerged Tuscanese indigenous Chiante wine that was processed from the Sangiovese grapes.
1: Pairs well with uh, brains and something else. Liver.
2: Uh, Liver and fava beans. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Uh, Which originated in the Sienese hills uh, in 1716. The Grand Duke of Tuscany established a boundary to localize the focus of Chianti and produced in one main area... This gave it legal protection, highlighting the significance uh, Tuscan wine had reached at this point. Soon after, this unique, bold-flavored Chianti became the region's best-selling wine that one praises from different nooks and corners of Italy. I'm just thinking
1: of
3: this as ye olde copyright protection.
2: <laughs> kind of. For many years, Chianti... So, good.
3: By the 1700s, you had true bottles, wine bottles.
2: Right. I mm-hmm. thinking is, just before
3: that. I would say wooden casks and yeah. then just, like casks. just barrels. Okay.
1: Yeah,
2: that's that's kind of what I was assuming it would kind of have to be. Just so There's you know, no way the, they were still doing clay jugs and jars. Uh, it, doubtful.
1: It, it yeah, it's just too much work when they could just deforest an area and
3: Yeah. I I mean Really, winemakers are less likely to divorce than bourbon makers on that one because they can lose <laughs> theirs. Yeah,
1: no, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> saying they didn't.
3: I,
2: bourbon makers didn't exist then, Casey. <laughs> For many years, sh- uh, Chianti wine continued to be an important agricultural product of Tuscany, until World War II destroyed the region, leaving farmers yeah. with insurmountable debts. Look, uh, it's just
1: one more thing we can be mad at Mussolini about. We <laughs> would, although that does seem very uh, 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 abusive relationship relationshipy, because it's like, why'd you make me do this, Italy?
2: Yeah. <laughs> many farmers left the country in search of better lives. However, in the face of adversity, came laws and advances that changed the wine scene in Tuscany forever. In the 1960s, how many of those
1: people ended up in California, by the way?
2: Probably a few in the 1960s. Chianti and what is that one? Vernaccia. 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 I know that's not right. Uh, became the first wines to be given. Vernaccia. A- yeah. The was- double C is usually a ch sound, I think.
0: Uh, it, in Italian, it's not, though. It's not? <laughs> that's the one thing I remember.
3: <laughs> Let me see here if I can get a
2: pronunciation. I don't,
0: I don't think it is anyway.
2: Well they became the first wines to be given a designation of origin or DOC. As per the law yeah, the wine, As per the law, the wine production was sliced to half and a new focus was placed on quality. Oh. Nineteen sixties, where they all went, What if we made
1: Vernaccia, oh, okay. okay. All
2: right.
1: It's like they all go like what if we made less, but we made good?
2: <laughs> Pretty much. So uh, nowadays, Tuscany has tens of different wine appellations. Uh, They have over 50 in Tuscany, like in this one region. Just in
1: one region, which if you look at where Tuscany is, it's not even the full width of Italy.
2: Yeah, so you're going to have to bear with the way this was broken down because I looked, it was like, there's like over 50 appellations. And I think when we were doing some of the California stuff, we got a little in the weeds and I didn't want to do that to everybody again. So I broke all that into like six-ish regions slash grape varieties slash types of wine. It really like puts the bigger header over where everything falls into instead of us just going through each individual appellation where I could only give like two sentences about it and fit it into the episode. Anyway. So So, go ahead.
3: If we look at the size of Tuscany, Mm
1: -hmm.
3: it is 8,900 square miles, Uh, which compared to the state of Kentucky at 40,000 square miles, it's about a fifth the size of Kentucky in its size. Yeah. So it's like. So it would be like Eastern Kentucky. Eastern Kentucky. Every I, hauler has an appellation.
1: Let's, let's you know what? Let's. I mean that that works for us. Let's say Western Kentucky would probably be for that because they're flat.
2: It honestly boils down to almost every city, like every larger city has their own appellation, pretty much. The Hazard Appellation. Uh, yeah. So uh,
1: the Prestonsburg Appellation. The.
2: Out of Tuscany, you have mainly reds produced with Sangiovese. I, I can't remember how we say that. Sangiovese, Sangiovese yeah. so. grapes. Uh, many people aren't aware of Tuscany's sheer size, which we just discussed. The landmass land of oh. uh, nearly eighty eight thousand nine hundred square miles or twenty three thousand square kilometers. Tuscany mm-hmm. consists of a number of distinct wine regions and many different climate types. How, how do they have
1: different climate types? But all of eastern Kentucky has, has one, I which mean, is because <laughs> of
2: the location. Just swampy. Overall, the region can be described as having a mild Mediterranean climate. Small variations are a result of geographical location. For example, thanks to regional rainfall, the hills have milder summers than the valleys, which can be very hot in the summer months. Uh, winters are mild with sunny days but have the ability to get very cold at night especially in the hills as is the case throughout much of italy the climate and soil type create ideal growing conditions for a number of different grape varieties with over 40 appellations let's talk about the six major wines slash wine producing areas
3: i can taste all that in my glass those Uh,
1: cool summers
2: chasing the (laughs) clouds away Mm. Taste, a taste those cool summers and that rock star. Mm. <laughs> see, now I'm glad you, you said cool summers, and I'm like,
1: those summer nights. Actually, I think it's warm summers,
2: but either way. I <laughs> taste the moose. Uh, so let's get into our first one, which is what I initially tried to find until I discovered you can't find anything actually labeled this. The Super <laughs> Tuscans. They've come up in a couple of our episodes.
1: Dun, dun, dun.
2: Yeah. So, uh, I have a feeling we may just need to add Super Tuscans to get their own full episode at some point. I because... was, uh, when we were, we started talking earlier, I was like, we we probably should just do a whole episode on them at some yeah, point. Yeah, because there the is road. there is a great, interesting history behind it, and a paragraph doesn't do it justice. But Super Tuscans are an unofficial category of Tuscan wines, not recognized within the Italian wine classification system. The growth of Super Tuscans. They don't Tus- care. <laughs> The growth of Super Tuscans is rooted in the restrictive DOC practices of the Chianti zone prior to the 1990s. During this time, Chianti could be composed of no more than 70% Sangiovese and had to include at least 10% of one of the local white wine grapes. Producers who deviated from these regulations could not use the Chianti name on their wine labels and will be classified as Vino de Tavola? Italy's lowest wine designation.
1: So I know we've talked about Chianti before.
2: We have a whole episode, yeah. in fact.
1: Correct. I have no memory of the fact that they have to use white grapes in there as well. Yeah, that was interesting. I didn't, I think that's pretty cool. But also, I like the idea that that these super flavorful wines, like, no, they are the lowest one. And so, like, you know, if you're – I don't know if that correlates to price, but i just picturing somebody like, oh, well, it's this. And then (laughs) the rest of it is like, oh,
2: yeah, sure. No, it's terrible, terrible. Oh, God, Mm. thank you. Oh, yeah, Super Tusk is just a big middle finger to the classifications. It makes
0: me think of, like, the Reinheisk boot and, like, all the other ones that are, like, nah. (laughs) Pretty
2: much. (laughs) So by the 1970s, the U.S.? (laughs) By the 1970s, the consumer market for Chianti wines was suffering, and the wines were wildly, or widely perceived to be lacking quality. <laughs> Many Tuscan wine producers uh, thought they could produce a better quality wine if they were not hindered by the DOC regulations.
0: Stick it to the man. What?
2: The Marchese Piero Antinori was one of the first to create a Chianti style wine that ignored the DOC regulations, (laughs) releasing a 1971 Sangiovese Cabernet Sauvignon blend known as Tinanello in 1978.
0: That is also a brand that makes purses that I like.
2: (laughs) He was inspired by Sassiquea? I don't know how to say that one. one. (laughs) Of which he was given the sale of agency by his uncle Mario Incisa Della Rochetta. Other producers followed suit, and soon the prices for these Super Tuscans were consistently beating the prices of some of the most well-known Chianti. Uh, Rather than rely on name recognition of the Chianti region, the Super Tuscan producers sought to create a wine brand that would be recognizable... On its own merits by consumers, and that is exactly what it is because nothing is labeled as a, a Super Tuscan as I discovered. Yeah. You have to like really dig in and get in the weeds and look into like the grape composition of the wines from the Chianti region to find Super Tuscans. And I said I do not have this time to be digging through <laughs> bottles in the liquor store like this. Chianti, it is. <laughs> it is. Like it says Chianti, we're grabbing it and we're going.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, the next one on the list. Uh, sorry, first of all, on Uh Brunello di Montalcino. Yep. Brunello is the name of the local. Nailed it. Yeah, so Sangiovese variety that is. Grown. I took
2: a big wet bite out of that Italian. Just yeah, just, I, I didn't. I didn't just lay it all on you guys. I you was went like
0: full Brad Pitt.
2: <laughs> Buongiorno. <laughs> Speaks third most Italian. speak italian like i said third best (laughs) uh
0: right it's the variety that is known around the village of Montalcino, uh located south of the chianti classico zone the Montalcino range is drier and warmer than chianti monte amiata uh shields the sorry i can't read now i'm like a few drinks in sorry (laughs) monte amiata shields the area from the winds coming from the southeast Many of the area's vineyards are located on the hillsides leading up towards the mountains, to elevations of around 1,640 feet—not uh, not not, uh, not short. Um, though some vineyards can be found in lower lying areas, the Brunella variety of Sangiovese seems to flourish in this terroir, ripening easily and consistently, producing wines of deep color, extract, richness with full bodies and good balance of tannins.
1: Uh, you realize we're using the word terroir a lot more than we probably thought we did when we were children. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Never knew what it was until like what 5 years ago.
1: Just going to look at it like like, you know, go back in time, see young you, chi- you know, 5-year-old you and go, you're going to be saying the word terroir a lot. <laughs> I don't believe you.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, you can we drinking a lot of wine? I don't <laughs>
0: Wrong, never. Uh, Brunello di Montalcino wines are required to be aged for at least four years prior to being released, with Reserva wines needing five years. Brunellos tend to be very, lo- very tight and tannic in their youth, needing at least a decade or two before they start to soften. With wines from excellent vintages, having the potential to do well past fifty years.
1: Oh, see, yeah. there was a there's a story we couldn't use for news because it was behind a paywall, but mm-hmm. someone had like a collection of wine from like the
2: the nineteen sixties or the sixties.
1: Fifties I think it's like fifties or sixties to eighties. Wow. And it had spoiled. I was like, should have had more of these wines, I guess.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They would have held up.
0: Uh, today there are about two hundred growers in the Montalcino region, uh, producing about three hundred thirty-three thousand cases of Brunello di Montalcino a
2: year. Start thinking about these numbers when you're when we're talking about it's this geographical area, <laughs> like it's a third of a million cases. No, so that like there are how many did it say how many producers in that region in that two hundred in that small area. No. So it's like a, mm. the way we were. Ex- we were looking at this, and most people can't break it down this way. We're looking at it, it's like Eastern Kentucky. A sixth of Eastern Kentucky is producing this much wine? Of this one that means, kind. Of this one kind.
0: Not even just, yeah.
1: That means each brewer for that, I mean, brewer, each vineyard is responsible for 1,665 cases of wine apiece.
2: And you break that down, that means they're almost... Almost ten appellations in this one section alone.
1: It's kind of bananas.
0: Yep. <laughs> well, uh, the next one, Carmignano. I'm gonna say that wrong. Sorry, guys. Uh, the Carmignano region was one of the first Tuscan regions to be permitted to use Cabernet Sauvignon and Cabernet Franc in their <laughs> DOC wines, since those varieties had a long history of being grown in the region. Noted for the quality of its wine since the Middle Ages, Carmignano was identified by Casimo III uh, de' Medici.
1: Or it could be Casimo oh, yeah, I, depending on...
0: The, the Grand Duke. That does that. Yeah. The Grand Duke of Tuscany. As one of the superior wine-producing areas of Tuscany and granted special legal protections in 1716. In the 18th century, the producers of the... Also
1: point out... They had special protections before we had become a country.
0: Yes. I mean, where the history comes from. Um, (laughs) In the 18th century, the producers of the Carmignano region developed a tradition of blending uh, Sangiovese with Cabernet Sauvignon long before the practice became popularized by the Super Tuscan of the late 20th century.
2: They na- already had it on lock. Yeah.
0: In 1975, <laughs> the region was awarded...
1: Oh, <laughs> Denomenization de origine- DNA- Origin de contrat- D-O-C-G.
2: DOCG. The
0: DOC status. And subsequently promoted to DOCG status. Oh, that was the one I was trying to... Th- yeah. <laughs> Retroactive <laughs> to the 1988 vintage today that's fun
2: of- like they it was r- retroactive yeah yeah so they were like okay all this stuff that's already been produced and is aging we'll go ahead and right. say it's it's we're gonna include it in the vintage like yeah. all the these vintages to this date are going to be included in the designation that makes sense and we're gonna let it go
1: well when you and we consider how long you have to age that stuff yeah when that, that, when that works
2: out yeah when they're throwing things like no it has it has to be aged for like no less than four years yeah. and
1: Yeah, they haven't had a chance to make those labels yet for that, so...
0: Uh, Today, Carmignano has approximately 270 acres planted, producing nearly 71,500 U.S. gallons of DOCG-designated wine a year. On
2: 270 acres? 70 acres. Yeah, I was going to say, that's that's a bit nuts. 71,000 U.S. gallons of wine.
0: That's 271,000 liters, so... The leaders always makes it sound like, what?
3: Uh, it's so, banana pants. Yeah. Tell about my one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so next up, the one that we're a little bit more familiar with, I think, Chianti.
2: If you're more interested in it, uh, we did an entire episode.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're still learning things, it seems. So located in the central region of Tuscany, the Chianti Zone is Tuscany's largest classified wine region and produces over 8 million cases a year. In addition to producing the well known red Chianti wine, the Chianti zone also produces white, other Rosso reds, and Vinsanto. Santo. The region is split into two DOCG uh, Chianti and Chianti Classico. Classico. I don't know. Uh, the Chianti Classico <laughs> yeah, the zone. ESPN,
1: like, uh, know, the ESPN way of naming. Yeah, ba-da-bum, ba-da-bum. yeah
0: basically. Uh, the, the Classico zone covers. You soon will
1: have Chianti 8, the Ocho. <laughs>
0: Uh, uh, So the Classica zone covers the area between Florence and Siena, which is the original Chianti region, and where some of the best expressions of Chianti wine are produced. The larger Chianti DOCG uh, zone is further divided into six DOC sub-zones and areas. In 1996, Chianti is permitted to include as little as 75% Sangiovese and a maximum of 10%. Uh, Canalo, up to ten percent of the white wine grapes, uh, Malvasia and Trebbiano, and up to fifteen percent of any other red wine grape grown in the region, such as Cabernet Sauvignon. This variety of grapes and usage is one reason why Chianti can wide vary widely. From producer to producer, so we're
2: we're just gonna step in and say the only reason any of us went, oh yes, I recognize that word is from Friends.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, you know, that's that's. Oh, Joey, <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's,
2: yeah, we're all there. I I, I just <laughs> needed everyone else to be like, <laughs> you are we're correct.
0: On the same page here, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I
1: was I was thinking it, but trying my best not to say it out loud. So thank you.
0: Uh, The use of white grapes in the blend could alter the style of Chianti by softening the wines with a higher percentage of white grapes, typically indicating that the wine is meant to be drunk younger and not aged for long. In general, Chianti Classicos are described as medium-bodied wines with firm, dry tannins. The characteristic aroma is cherry, but it can also carry nutty and floral notes as well. Wines from the Chianti DOCG can carry the name of one of the six sub-zones, or just the Chianti designation. The Chianti superior? Why can't I? Superior. Sure. Uh, Designation refers to wines produced in the provinces of Florence and Siena, but not in the Classico zone.
2: Better get it straight. Yeah. Bulgaria. (laughs) Bulgaria?
3: The DOC Bulgari region of the v- Livorno province is home to one of the original Super Tuscan's wine of Sasakia. First made in 1944, produced the, by the Marchesi Inquisa della rachata cousin of the Antor, or Antinori family, uh, Bulgaria became an internationally known re- region following an event in the 1974 arranged by decanter... Uh, I think a magazine, um, where a six-year-old Sasakia won over an assortment of Bordeaux wines. This is the Battle of France. Yeah. (laughs) But it's it's Italy in there. (laughs) Uh, uh, Prior to this, Bulgaria, which, you know, was another battle that was fought there, France and and, and Italy, but still. Uh, Bulgaria have relatively anonymous producers of ordinary white wines and rosés. The current set of DOC regulations for Bulgaria Bulgari wines became approved in nineteen ninety-four. Uh Vernaccia di uh Jimmy uh not gonna work here. <laughs> not uh, gonna work here anymore.
2: Sorry, y- Casey. Jimmy
1: Gimign- Nya-
3: Gimignano? Gimignano. Jimmy Jimmy mm, Jimmy Jimmy Nan, yes. Nyan-no. Uh, there. <laughs> meow Meow uh, is a white wine made from Bernaccia grapes in the areas around San Meow. meow. Uh San Gim Gimigiano. Gim- Gim- Gimli. Yeah, you got it there. San Gimli. Um in one second, hold up. I okay. got
2: <laughs> he's got a Google tell me. It's it's
3: let's let's us because I've gotta hear this.
2: I've had no Italian, so I can't tell you.
3: Then Gimignano. Gimignano. Gimignano.
2: Gimignano.
3: Okay. I,
0: I, know, I just know that the G-N is the yeah, kind of sound. <laughs> uh, in
3: 1996, it was the first wine to receive a DOC. Hmm. 1966. Oh. Woo! It's... There we go. That makes yeah, more I, sense. I, I was
0: with you, though, and At I was night... like, "That's wow, that's a <laughs>
1: Uh See, I, heard, I read and assumed you had said the correct <laughs> thing, so I was like... <laughs> What's the problem, guys? 1966, that, that seems about right.
3: So 1966 was the first wine to receive a DOC designation. The wine stall has been made in the area for seven centuries and is considered Tuscany's best and most characterful, characterful white wine. The wine is dry and full body, with earthy notes of honey and minerals. In some styles, it can be made to emphasize the fruit, and more producers have experimented with aging and fermenting and wine in the oak barrels to give it more of a sense of creaminess or toastiness. Um, I guess more akin to Chardonnay, probably.
1: Said, look, uh, oak, oak barrels are good. It's, it's what
3: you age things
1: in. Yeah. According to fresh, chard, and uh, you can use them only once. Yeah.
3: Uh, According to the DOC regulations, Vernaccia di San (laughs) Gimignano. Get in that wine mouth. Gimignano uh, (laughs) must contain 90% Vernaccia grapes with up to 10% of the non aromatic approved white varieties. In order to meet reserva status, aging must be a minimum of 12 months, including four months in bottle. Oh. Vino nobile di Monte Pocciano. There we go.
1: Molte Pocciano.
3: Monte Moltepucciano Very much easier than having a G in the middle of it. Received its DOCG status shortly after Brunello di Montiano uh, in 1980. The DOCG covers the red wine of the Montepulciano area. Uh, The wine received its name in the 17th century when it was the favorite wine of Tuscan nobility. Located in the southeastern region of Tuscany, the climate of the region is strongly influenced by the sea. The variety of Sangiovese in Montepulciano is known as. Prugn- uh, of course, Brug- there's going to be another one of these G's and N's back-to-back. Brognolo
1: Brugniel- uh, Gentile. Gen-
3: I i want to say Gentile. Gentile. <laughs> and is required to account for at least 80% of the wine. Traditionally, it's non-Jewish wine. It's not Manischewitz. <laughs> Mamolo. Uh, Cats and mammals make up the remaining (laughs) part of the blend, but some producers have begun to experiment with Cabernet Sauvignon.
1: Cannoli and mammals.
3: (laughs) There you go. Cabernet and Sauvignon, it's Cabernet Sauvignon and uh, Merlot can also be added with these experimental blends. Um, The wines are required to age two years prior to release, with an additional year if it is to be a reserva. The recent use of French oak barrels has increased the body and intensity of the wines, which are noted for their plumbing fruit, almond notes, and smooth tannins. Um, Even though I can't say it, the fact that this Vernaccia de San. You mean Giano? Wine is a white wine. Hmm. Um, I I want to have a Tuscan white wine now.
1: I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about that. My, the thing I thought was funny was uh, when, uh, uh, when I saw, I heard "Taste of the Sea." I'm just picturing drinking a glass of salt water, though. He's like, ah, (laughs) taste of the sea.
0: You don't. Yeah, when you think of Tuscany, I think like I automatically think red wine. I don't know why that is.
2: Because no, yeah, that is predominantly what it
0: is.
1: That's yeah, what yeah, it is. That's true. But you're yeah, thinking Chianti also, and some other, and its friends. The
2: today I, mean, I learned is uh, Chianti includes white wine grapes. Well, true. White grape, mm-hmm. yeah, white grapes. It can. I like, I didn't know it that. can.
1: You can you can have a a white white wine.
2: Well, no, wasn't it? It's it close to, to Chianti. A, Oh, no, it's like a maximum of 10% or something like that, so... Okay.
3: I think I I like the lightening up of it by doing that. Uh, that kind of like a
2: rosé-esque.
1: Yeah, that might actually be why we preferred it to hmm. to some other ones.
2: Could be, even though I hate white wine.
1: <laughs> I mean, just that, that balance that the two of them will strike together. Could be. Uh,
3: as far as pricing goes, they're still very affordable, like... Yeah. I'm looking at Total awesome. Wine in Lexington there, and the most ex- they've got five bottles of this uh, Jimmy Giano. <laughs> Jimmy Giano. There we Jimmy go. Jimmy yeah. um, Giano. Jimmy James. Five different bottles of it, and none of them are over $18 a bottle. Nice. Yeah. I so, feel like the,
2: no. most,
0: I mean, the most affordable wine that we've dealt with for the show has been probably the one the Argentina thing. So I've Mm.
2: got to say, after we after going through this and peeling through the six major styles and areas for Tuscany, I'm like, you know, the Greeks didn't have it wrong when they came through, and there's like, it's just the land of wine, Mm. because you're like, every square foot is just
0: out there. It's totally true. People
2: can't live there. The people have to live on (laughs) stilted homes above the grapevines or something, because it's just all grapes. There's nothing else Ooh. there.
1: Maybe some of the vines grow like like they somehow run, have them running like vertically down the
2: house. Because oh, yeah. it's, it's not a super huge area and it's just like, there is just a crazy amount of Appalachians coming out of there.
1: Maybe, maybe they, they've gotten very efficient at getting all
2: of the juice out of grape that you can. One assumes 3,000 years allows it.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and get into the wines that we are drinking now.
2: Drink with me, friend. Speaking of things that 3,000 years allows.
0: I always feel like we need a, a different sounder for when we don't do carbonated. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. What we're drinking Just things.
2: a corking? Uh, <laughs>
0: uh, maybe. <laughs> um... Yeah, so we talked a little bit, well, I know, I think it was pre-show, actually, that we showed the bottle of what we're drinking, but um, we have the, so it's a Chianti Classico. Um, this is from Santa Silvana in Villa.
2: It was on sale. Yes.
0: Uh, it's 13%. It's a 2018 vintage, uh, and it was actually a 3.8 out of 5 on Vivino.
2: I nearly grabbed a $100 bottle instead of this one, because it was literally next to it. <laughs> I saw the price tag, and I was like, oh, we're just going with this. Then I looked, and I was like, oh, no, that's that one. I was like, I'm just (laughs) mixing this with energy drinks. I'm not paying that much.
0: (laughs) How how much was this one?
2: I'm almost embarrassed to say. (laughs) Buck-fitty. I walked out of the liquor store only paying, like, 16 bucks, and this wasn't the only thing I bought.
0: Okay. I was just saying, like, that seems to be, like, the thing with, as Casey was just saying, like, they're not...
2: They're not usually that overpriced, but it was kind of jarring to see something nearly a hundred dollars next to something that was only like $11. Yeah.
3: One of the local liquor stores does that and they've got like a hundred dollar bottle, multiple hundred dollars bottles of wine on the shelf. But then again, you, you go beside of it and it's like, Oh, you just decided to put the, all of the Cabernet Sauvignons together. And so you've got a, um Cake bread sellers, ninety-eight dollar bottle next to Behringer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that
0: Behringer is like the what is it the uh just the crap thing like that's always the one that's referenced there, when you're just like oh that's the bottom of the totem pole. There it
2: is. No, yeah. to the There's yellow tail. Gets worse.
1: Yeah. There's lower because <laughs> because I remember working in casual dining. Beringer was not our lowest.
0: Well, okay, yeah. Well, when I worked at Don Pablo's, like, we had it, it was like one. It's a Tex-Mex yeah. restaurant. We're selling wine, but whatever. Uh, it was like, like they were just like, "What do you have?" Like Beringer, because uh, uh, you're coming to a Tex-Mex right? restaurant. You shouldn't be getting wine. Okay, you're coming <laughs> you're here for a margarita. Surprised it wasn't like.
2: You want a one-gallon margarita? Yeah, like we literally had
0: margarita. It was called the lazzarita, and it was the size of your head. <laughs> Like that's not you know, you're not going there for wine.
1: <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't like uh um uh like Sutter home, which was the one at Red Lobster. Oh. That's their Oh I've never heard of that one. It gets worse than that. No, I know it gets worse than that one. I just meant like that was their
3: like yeah. bargain. And probably the white uh
2: Zinfandel. Oh, yeah. But this I, one for, for I I'm gonna say it's not it wasn't that bad before I started right, putting, mixing yeah, Rockstar with it. it. Before it Harrison, became Moose yeah. Juice, which is officially what I'm <laughs> drinking.
0: Uh, no, I th- I think it's pretty good. Because um, hashtag the Moose is loose.
2: Bad. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I found it to be like a, a lot of the descriptors. I'm like, yeah, it's plummy and nutty, and
0: it's it's just a decent red wine. A, as we've it's discovered,
2: fine. yeah, we we like Chianti. Yeah, the Chianti, Chianti Classic. Oh. It's Boom!
0: Pretty great, turns out.
2: Thumbs up. Goes great with Rockstar.
0: <laughs> okay, your opinion shouldn't count there then.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can't mix it with energy drink and just oh.
2: That's my official beverage is moose juice. You can, Chris. You you let your freak flag fly. I am because I am officially drinking it out of. My my moose glass. I was gonna say he is he is uh, hashtag team team moose
1: juice.
3: I'm showing off my wine. Where did wine this moose juice thing come from? Uh, from
2: mousse? he he drinks it out of a moose glass. All wine and, to Because like, he's
0: that resentful to, toward wine. To rub
2: my nose at all wine and the fact that we don't really have wine glasses. I think we have we like have the beer's
0: giving glass as well. Like that's like uh-huh. what. But we I do. was like <laughs> I'm
2: gonna instead of you know, fumbling for something semi appropriate. I'm just gonna go the opposite direction and drink it out of my Christmas vacation moose, like the yeah, <laughs> the eggnog moose class. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm just gonna drink my wine out of that. And then I started mixing energy drinks in it and if that made it moose juice. Now it's moose juice.
1: All right. Well I have been drinking uh at the <clears throat> Antica Cap- Capiella, hmm. Sounds which right. is a Toscana from 2019, mm. which I guess that's the style. I don't know. Um, I've been trying to search online as I've been going. It has not helped me figure anything out, uh, but it's 13% uh, ABV. And as I'm drinking, I'm going, man, I have had beer stronger than this. Uh but this is uh, it's fine.
3: Sangiovese style. Okay. Grapes. Um, I I have I have not
1: gone on to my backup, which was just drinking bourbon. So, well, you it's a
2: decent bourbon that you grabbed. So, I
1: was like, it's it's <laughs> good enough. I could eat it with dinner. It's very dry, but it's not necessarily my fa- my favorite. Uh, Chianti does have a little bit more stuff to it that I do kind of enjoy, but, you know, if if this was poured for me and I said this is all we've got, I'd be like, yeah, okay, fine. I'm not going to die of thirst. <laughs> well, uh, I probably will when I
2: dehydrate. Right. And,
1: you know, yeah. stuck on a desert island with only cases of this, but...
2: So, so far, I guess what we're coming to a conclusion of is uh, the Tuscan region, is, they are drier wines.
1: Hmm. Yeah, they may, you know, it's it's good yeah, enough. i okay I don't know if that's necessarily a change on my part or if it's just that you know the you know the the, the wine is is so so different. But
2: let's see, yeah. on Casey. Casey, how are you going to finish this off here? Uh, <laughs>
3: um, so that wine that Bob has, mm-hmm. we talked a lot about DOCGs and DOCs. It is a IGT wine, Indication graphica Typica. So it is of the geographical region, but not conforming to the blends usually that they use mm. in the region.
1: It was cheap. It had a twist-off cap and uh, <laughs> uh, seemed to be something different I could try,
3: so... Yeah, I and it's not it's not like a low quality. That's not a, a yeah. of low quality, but it's just the fact that they were kind of thumbing their nose at the other categories and be like, no, this is what we're doing.
1: I do wish more wine came in twist off caps.
3: Yeah, I know. Like that's a that's a closure. Yeah, I know it's a it's it's, a, it's it feels like
1: it's blasphemy to say that. But like, w- you know, if the last time we had a wine episode that set, you know, near me for a week before I had to finally go, yeah, I'm not ever drinking this again.
2: Well, that's how yeah. we went with the New Zealand wines, wasn't it? Because they're twist off caps because they're meant to be like they're not meant to be oh, aged.
1: To be it aged, mm-hmm. yeah. I just meant though with the that cork, it's like I had to like, kind of force a cork back in there and eventually pop it off and pour it out.
2: Is twist off.
1: Meant- I'm just like, Shh. Oh. Shh. oh, okay. Shh.
2: Yeah, remember uh, when it comes to wine, if it's uh, from Flavor Country, it should be enjoyed fresh as possible. Two. From Marlborough,
3: mm-hmm. it's something. Um, uh no, I'm today. I'm having the Bellagio Chianti 2018. Um, I, I literally almost bought this. Yeah, it. I literally only bought it because it was in a grass basket. Yeah. And so, um, I, as I was checking out, like three old ladies at the front were like, "I need to buy that just to have it around my house. It looks so pretty." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah. "This this tells me everything I need to know about." <laughs> your style <laughs> 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 because it's the exact same bottle that you would see sitting on a a table oh. in a
2: it's the same bottle you saw in it's, Lady in the Tramp. Yeah, yeah, it's the it's it it it's, was
1: during like the 60s the yeah. wine you would see in Italian restaurants. You would drink Quincey it down and, and, they, and stick now, a candle
2: in the empty bottle. Yeah.
1: Now, what I'm also thinking of though is now like fraying that a bit and turning it into a hula skirt. For just, your bottle.
3: There we go. Sure. And I'll start mixing drinks in it. But yeah, it's a good wine. It's not a bad wine at all. Three point six out of five. Um, I don't think that's indicative of the quality of the wine necessarily. It's just not necessarily uh, exciting in any way. Yeah. Um it's, it's, it's just a, a good drinky wine.
0: It's the the beer ass <laughs> beer of the wine world. Yeah. Th-
3: I, Three point six right
1: five on. is like, you know, it's like a, a, a C. It's, it's and
2: grading,
3: it's yeah. An average? Would would Fine. you say
2: it's a prosecco? No, because it's not a white sparkling <laughs> wine. I meant in Literally, ratings. No. Oh, it's it's
3: it's good wine. Yeah, them's good people.
2: <laughs> good people. All right.
1: They're also it's also not expensive. Like that that one's like around the same price that mine was. Didn't the only reason I didn't buy it was I knew that you had had it, and I was like, that's eh, Casey Stern.
3: All right. I think
1: Moving on. I think that about does us. Uh, Tuscany. You, good times. <laughs> Tuscany, as as was evident from the show, this one was written by Chris. He did a lot of the work. He did a good job. It, Thank it you, was
2: a tapestry of sources. Um, there, I'm sure you could find a really good book on the subject. I, uh, in a press for time... Was not a, I can't be buying so many books. Look, I've I've been like pre-ordering books for episodes coming up, and I'm just like, you know, I've kind of blown my book budget. Just see if it goes on like yeah. your,
0: the Prime Reading yeah. on Amazon Prime. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's just, a yeah,
2: it's a tapestry of uh, internet sources of uh, wikis and Britannica articles, and how stuff Wor- How stuff works has a really good. Selection of articles if you're uh, interested, just like a whole Tuscany wine region thing of articles on how stuff works. I always suggest how stuff works. Like, I'll, anything you want to know, just like I mean, get on game. how stuff works yeah. because I I love stuff you should know and all that stuff. So
3: yeah. <laughs> well, our next episode uh, coming up here in a couple of weeks should be on I think alcohol disasters. Is that what
1: yep. right? It's a uh, second one of those we've done.
3: Awesome.
1: It'll be Alcohol Disasters too. Electric Boogaloo, as Perfect. all of our second parts are named. Yeah.
3: So we'll have that one coming up, and then uh, a few weeks after that, and maybe a week after that, we'll have uh, the espresso. So back to coffee. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but in the meantime, you could subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrakeshow.com. Follow us at have a Drink Show on social media and twitch.tv. Don't
1: forget, you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address, feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. You can use the feedback page on the website. Uh, you can shout very loudly. I don't know if we'll hear you, but if you're within a certain distance, possible. Uh, or, you know, crochet something and then send it to UPS.
2: We'll, Ooh, that we'll respond nice. to that as well. Yeah. All joking fun aside, I'd like to remind everyone... To please drink responsibly despite all jokes being had in the discord <laughs> but again I, this <laughs> yeah, could be a reminder a- <laughs> if you're not a part of the discord you should uh I, I think you just have to like send i don't even know how it works anymore I, i'm only a part of like two discords with wow, one really? one of which is ours and the other one is like the diamond club
0: god i'm in like 12 i don't <laughs> think i check any of them regularly. <laughs>
2: I'm terrible about it, but uh, get in our Discord. There are a lot of weird conversations going on in a lot of our channels. Uh, We do kind of vet some of the stuff that we think we might talk about in there, and it's also if if you want to know what might be coming up in a news episode, as I stumble across weird-ass articles, I just throw them into the different categories in there and see how people respond, and then we may talk about it. Yeah.
0: True. (laughs) All right. Well, um, you can check us out in another couple of weeks for our next live episode. And um, if you want to support, have a drink. You can also you can go to patreon.com/slash/haveadrinkshow or also haveadrinkstore.com, where I want to reiterate that we do have a few new products on there. Um, Those got nice hats. Yep, uh, phone cases and uh, some some new hats and. and other accessories and things um and the
2: pillows are shirts. restocked
0: yeah the, the pillows look cool actually honestly
2: are they are are they so, your pillow
0: <laughs> <laughs> no so like the one the on one side of the pillow it has our logo and on the other side it has the delatters logo so like you can yeah <laughs> I um, think that's
2: cool. i want i'm still am petitioning for us to have an official uh, of bob's pillow oh the put bob's the...
0: crabby pillow we... Plus, yeah,
1: mm. well, yeah, we'll we'll talk about talk about that maybe post show. <laughs> Ideas. Yeah.
0: Mm. All right. Well, uh, once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
2: I'm Justin Frazier. Uh, I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price.
3: <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye right, guys. Bye.
2: Oh.